What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Gooseknob Show. So, time for another riff. So, <clears throat> as a woman, not me, but I'm just talking to the women out there, but as a woman, I think it's imperative that you date in your own league. That number one, you're honest about you know, where you stand in terms of attractiveness and that you, you know, are honest about the way that you evaluate men in terms of their attractiveness. Because there's there's really two options. There's really two options. Option one, you, you know, you fall into your regular, you know, hypergamous nature. You know, which, which, you know, fair enough, you know, fair enough. Women are the selectors, men, you know, they need to, you know, chase, I guess, you know, they need to go out there and present themselves, you know, Hey, do you want to date me or whatever? Women, they get the, 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 what do you call it? Not the, the liberty or the freedom or the, you know, they have the privilege of being able to select, you know, so fair enough. But the problem is when you have an unrestricted sexual marketplace where, you know, most guys who are in the marketplace aren't looking to, you know, have a relationship. They're looking to, you know, I guess use you or whatever or – well, I think that that's one thing. That's one problem. You have some – you have a lot of guys who are just looking for a hookup, Right. And they're not really looking for anything serious either because, you know, that's kind of the way men are, men are, you know, men view value, you know, oh, can I, can I sleep with a lot of girls? You know, men view, a lot of men view their value through that or a lot of men, you know, they just want to experience, you know, that, that quick hedonism or I think this is another thing that's been happening. I think I think you're just having a very weird shift in in how things operate. So, you know, let me just let's just let's just experiment do a thought experiment here. So, let's say, you know, there's a 10 out of 10 guy. He is going to be okay with, you know, and let's say he's like, you know, very hyper promiscuous. He's trying to like sleep with as many girls as he can and he can do it, you know, because he's a 10 out of 10 guy, right? He's going to be, you know, okay with sleeping with anybody from, let's say, uh, eight out of 10 and above, right? In a, in a healthy society, he would be, you know, settling down with or marrying, you know, like a, a nine out of 10 or a 10 out of 10. But right now he's, you know, he's going for, you know, a lot more leagues, you know, and the thing is leagues are real, you know, there are different, um, niches within, I guess the human genome or the human population, wherein, you know, different people have specked out, you know, people, different people have specked out genetically into different, you know, uh, areas, you know, some people are tall, some people are short, you know, there's, those are different niches. Some people are, you know, very physically attractive and some people aren't. Those are other niches, right? And, and those niches kind of form leagues in a, in a sense. Um, so anyway, 
so so leagues are real but let's go back to the original point so you know a 10 out of 10 i mean a 10 out of 10 guy would probably be okay with sleeping with you know like a 10 a 9 an 8 a 7 maybe even lower but that's kind of where you are right and okay so you have that and now let's look at the cascading effect down so 9 out of 10 kind of a similar thing but an 8 out of 10 um you know an 8 out of 10 would normally, you know, go for like an 8, a 7, maybe a 6, right? But where are the 8 out of 10s and the 7 out of 10s going to right now? They're going to the, you know, the 9 and the 10 out of 10s, right? So the 8 out of 10, you know, there's no other 8 out of 10s that are, you know, going for the other 8 out of 10. They're going, those 8 out of 10 women are trying to go higher, Right? While the 8 out of 10 guy, you know, the only girls who are, you know, interested in the 8 out of 10 are lower. And then let's say you're 7 out of 10, you know, there's probably going to be, you know, no 7 out of 10s who are interested in you. It's probably going to be, you know, even lower. And then as you can see, it just gets probably worse and worse and worse the lower you get down, right? If you're a 5 out of 10, then forget it. You know, if you're an average looking guy, you know, the average looking women, you know, they're going for the 7, 8 out of 10s, right? So... You know, an average looking guy going for a five out of 10, you know, he's not going to be able to do it. He's going to have to, you know, the only women who would be like interested in the five out of 10 are like, you know, threes and fours, which, you know, isn't optimal. Now, I would say that, you know, there's to, to, to a degree, I think guys, you know, guys aren't hypergamous, they date either laterally to themselves, you know, they, they date, like if, a, if you have a five out of 10, he'll date a five out of 10 or he'll date, you know, slightly lower, like a four out of 10 or something like that. But the, I think the problem that we're seeing today is that, you know, people who are in relatively the same league as other people are instead of dating people who are, you know, within the same league, they're either being targeted by people in a much lower league than they are, or they're trying to shoot for a league that's much higher above where they are, you know? So I think what's ha the, the, the problem, to simplify it, to put it into very simple terms, is I think women are trying to, they're, they're shooting for, for guys who are out of their league, like for the most part. And men are being, I guess, targeted by, girls who are, you know, way below their league. And I think, or, or, or not even being targeted at all. Right. And I think, I think that's essentially where I think a big part of the dating crisis is beginning or, or, or exists because, you know, it's, it's not just, oh, everyone's, you know, I, but I, because I think one way that everyone kind of talks about the dating crisis is they say, you know, what, you know, all the women, you know, 80% of the women are going for, you know, like 5% of the guys, which I think is true to an extent. But I also think you have this nuanced other problem too, you know, where it's just everything is kind of shifted over and no one's really happy with what they're getting. And that, that's, the, that's the real problem, right? Because women are shooting for, you know, guys who are above their league, you know, and they're, they end up being, you know, lonely because the guy isn't really, you know, he's not willing to settle down in a relationship. Oftentimes because the higher league guys also, also thinks that the girl is like way below 
his league, right? So the only reason why a guy like that would be, you know, talking or, you know, engaging in any social reaction with, with, with like a girl like that is because, you know, maybe the guy is trying to use the girl for sex or maybe he's trying to use her for something else, right? Some sort of emotional validation or something. I think, I think, I think you're definitely seeing this with like, you know, you know, I guess guys in the higher leagues and then, and then the problem, you know, and then the guys, you know, who are being, who's, who's only real, you know, real option is girls who are like lower leagues than him, right? They're either going to have to, you know, bite the bullet and go for a lower standard and then they're not going to be happy. Well, not necessarily. There, there's, there's a likelihood that they'll be happy or whatnot, but you know, they're, they're going to have to, you know, make a sacrifice there. Or, you know, they're, they're just not going to want to do that because they don't want to, you know, compromise that. So, you know, they remain lonely. So essentially what you're seeing nowadays is that a lot of people are not in relationships. A lot of people are lonely. And the result is that, well, I don't know, people just aren't realistic with with how things should be. And I think, I don't know, maybe one of the problems is that maybe, maybe women nowadays, they kind of, uh, maybe social media has really screwed up women's self-perception. I think one way this, this obviously could happen is due to, I guess the, let's say the simp effect. You have a bunch of, you know, low-tier guys who are, you know, beta orbiters who, you know, they follow a bunch of girls and they're, or they're on Tinder and da-da-da-da. And then there's, like, a girl who's, like, way out of his league. But, you know, like, looking at her or maybe even, you know, engaging in a a pseudo-relationship with her, you know, in his mind, you know, looking at her activates his reptilian brain. He's, you know, he's, like... He's drooling at the mouth a little. He's kind of like, you know, he's got a crazy look in his eye. He's like, oh, wow. You know, this girl is giving me dopamine by, by looking at her. I'm going to, you know, and so he likes bat, he likes her photos or maybe he goes through all of her photos and likes all of them. And, you know, it's either because he's engaging in a pseudo relationship, as I said, or maybe he's just lustful, you know. And I think what, what you have nowadays is a lot of guys who are addicted to pornography, you know, are lustfully, you know, giving giving like all these girls like tons of social media attention or well that that's probably one element i'm just looking at kind of the e-girl phenomenon but you know all this social attention i think it, it you know at the extreme levels it definitely probably inflates many girls egos to the point where you know they'd never really be satisfied with with i think i think it would probably like ruin their you know, satisfaction in some sort of relationship because they think, oh, wow, if there's, there's 10,000 people liking my photo, you know, this scantily clad photo of myself, that must mean that I'm like, you know, like ultra valuable. That must mean that I need like Mr. Extremely Perfect to come along. And if I don't have Mr. Extremely Perfect, then, you know, well, th- then, then I'm, then I'm not, then I'm dating down and I don't want to date down. So maybe that's something that happens, right? Or maybe it's just the fact that, you know, 
I don't know, may, maybe social media likes, even if it's a small amount, you know, maybe that also inflates the ego. Or maybe, because I know that this happens with a lot of girls, you know, there's probably, I mean, for many girls, there's just like lots of guys in their DMs who are, you know, you know, being thirsty and whatever. And maybe, you know, that kind of, I guess to put it simply, I think the abundance of female attention that 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 many females get online might substantially increase their or inflate their self perception and ego to the point where they believe themselves to be in a league that's much, you know, much beyond where they actually are, which makes it so that they are you know, unable to self-assess where they sit in this, you know, league hierarchy in the dating market. And it makes them, how would you say it? You know, it makes it much more difficult for them to actually find someone that they, that they like for, 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 the, for the reasons that I, I established, but I don't, I don't think I've ever heard anyone really talk about it like this. And I think that there's definitely, I think this goes into much more nuance about the reality of the situation than I think a lot of other people have really gone into. But I think that's kind of what's happening. And I think the only way to really get out of this is, is multifold. Number one, well, number one, I think a lot of this came about because, well, it what would cause this? Number one, the loss of religion, the loss of religion in the West, you know, the loss of Christianity in the West made it so people abandoned uh, sexual morality because they, you know, the postmodern, post-1960s revolution, essentially the governing ideology behind that is that everything in the past is bad and that we need to you know, progress past the past by, you know, doing the opposite of what the past did. That's kind of a simplification of it. But essentially, that's why a lot of people abandon sexual morality, because they viewed it as oppressive and a relic of the past. And we need to, you know, we need to have free love, man. We need to, you know, go beyond these like oppressive norms, right? Just whenever you want, you want to understand where the baseline of like, where our current society's ideas come from, just start talking to yourself in a hippie voice and, you know, pretend to be a hippie. Think, think to yourself, what would a hippie say? And that's kind of, you know, that, that's, that's where, the, where these ideas come from. So, so that's number one, you know, as a reaction to the past, you know, Marxist reactionaryism, maybe that's, that's a way to put it. The Marxist reactionaries, the postmodern reactionaries, you know, threw the baby out with the bathwater and decided that, you know, the previous systems of morality are defunct. And then from that, you know, people started being okay with, you know, fornicating more, you know, having more premarital sex and just, you know, engaging in lewd behaviors and such, you know, being immodest. I think the other main thing is the rise of birth control and abortion as well. Because when sex 
really doesn't have an actual, you know, physical consequence because, you know, you kind of abandon your morality and utilize, you know, technology to, you know, artificially go around a biological process along with ignoring the morality of, you know, just sexual morality. Then, then, you know, there's, there's really nothing to prohibit you from, you know, engaging in, you know, very promiscuous sexual behavior. So that's kind of where I guess the sexual stuff came from. And then you have the internet that also kind of, you know, has started screwing up everyone's self-perceptions and then also making it so that, you know, uh, an extreme polygamous culture of hypergamy is able to exist, you know, because, you know, in the past, you know, geographical uh, distance and just the, f the fact that it's hard to meet, you know, like if, if <laughs> in the 60s, if I wanted to meet, you know, like a thousand people, you know, that, that's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to do, you know. Maybe, maybe the only way you'd really be able to do that is if you are like a TV star or you perform to an audience or something like that, you know, but, but, but at that point you're kind of utilizing the same pathways that our current society utilizes, right? Like the phone, everyone has an audience now. Everyone is basically on TV. So you can instantly be connected with thousands of people instantly, right? So Obviously, the internet has has pretty much broken the barrier that existed for, you know, unrestrained physical or female hypergamy. Because, you know, in the past, a woman probably only knew, you know, maybe a few hundred people. And, you know, a bunch of guys, right? A handful of guys, right? And then she had to choose between that handful of guys who she would, you know, marry. Right now, women have <laughs> literally millions of guys who are out there. And, you know, realistically, you know, they're probably only going to interact with, you know, a few thousand. But still, it's a, it's a, it's a magnitude greater than, than, than the, the reach, the social reach of the past. So... Yeah, yeah. The thing that as a society we need to strive for is making a system that works for everybody and a system that, you know, doesn't punish people and a system that doesn't, you know, assume everything is a zero-sum game. But we need a system that, you know, everyone can succeed in, everyone can thrive in, and everyone can create and there's a sum. It's a sum game, right? Not a zero-sum game. And leagues are a great... Leagues and monogamy are a great solution to this. If you have two people who are dating people of the same league, you know, they're both going to be happy. You know, the woman... You know, she might not be as happy because, you know, oh, I didn't date, you know, like a like a seven out of 10 woman. She's going to be kind of, oh, well, I, I can't date a 10 out of 10 guy. But, you know, for the reasons I established, you know, dating a 10 out of 10 guy, it's probably impossible, if not ex 
yeah, well, it's probably, you know, close to impossible. And you're essentially chasing, you know, a figment of your imagination. Um, you know, oh, well, I want to date someone, you know, a little bit above my league. Yeah, sure. I guess like there's probably some variation, but, but for the most part, everyone should be, you know, basically dating within their league. And in doing so, you know, the woman has to sacrifice, you know, someone who might be a little bit better, I guess. But the but with the man the man has to sacrifice, you know, the ability to just, you know, be a man whore and just, you know, sleep with as many girls as he can. So everyone has to kind of do a little sacrifice, you know. They have to, you know, you know, they have to limit themselves a little bit. But at the end of the day, like you're going to be happy if you're dating someone in your league. Like, you're not really losing anything. And there's nothing really wrong with it. Like, there, there's, there, I don't know, this this, this is, like, I, it's kind of insane that as a collective society, we've kind of abandoned this uh, notion. And it's just, uh, I don't know, I, I think it's important. I think it's important that, for, for the reasons I established, that, that I guess we start going back to this method again because the alternative the alternative is not fun because right now i guess most young people are single you know and and that that demographic is aging too it's getting old like old the older people get the more single they they are as well or that's probably a, that's not a good way to describe it older people are getting single or two i guess you know there are more single people out there now. The number of single people between the ages of like 20 to 35 is increasing, which is not good. And, well, this is, a, this is an urgent problem, I would say, because one, one of the fundamental parts of human existence is connecting with others. And also, I guess, starting a family. If that's possible, you know. But, you know, we can't think of ourselves as just, you know, individual entities. We can't just be like, oh, you know, like, like, let's say, like, as, as a girl. Oh, I want to do the absolute best that I possibly can. I want to date like a 10 out of 10. I'm a, I'm a six out of 10, but I want to date a 10 out of 10 because I'm worth it. Right. You're thinking just about yourself, you know, and in doing so you're, 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 you're crashing and burning as a man. You can't just think about yourself either as a man. The, the equivalent would be, you know, I'm going to sleep with as many girls as I can. I don't care about who, how I affect them. I don't care because they've hurt me in the past. I don't care about, you know, you know, what the ramifications of my actions are. I'm just going to sleep with as many girls as I can because it feels good and because I, I can do it, right? That's, you're not thinking about anybody. You're thinking about just yourself. You know, I want the best for myself. Both of those, both of those things. Women and men are both looking out, oh, what's the best for myself? But just thinking hyper-individualistically individ- like that Well, you end up not getting what you want, number one, and then you end up hurting society as well. So, anyway, anyway, anyway.
I think that this, I think that this uh, thesis is accurate to the best of my knowledge. And I am more than willing to entertain any antithesis, antitheses to this or any arguments or any, anyone wanting to poke holes in this. Oh yeah, final, final thought though. If you have a large single population, especially a large single population of men, what happens when you have a large single population of men who are hyper lonely and who basically have no real reason to work, no real reason to contribute and create in society because, you know, they don't have a family to go to when they go home. You know, all they have to go home to is their computer and their video games or, you know, you know, personal pleasure. All they have to go to, all they, uh, all they have waiting for them at home is themselves. A man who, who has that, you know, is faced with that is not going to be a happy man. A man needs a family or someone to provide for in order to be fulfilled. And if a man doesn't have that, one of two things will happen. One, he checks out of society and he focuses exclusively on personal pleasure and not really contributing. And he doesn't see himself as a member of society because society failed in the social contract to him. You know, so he, sec- he, he checks out and he essentially commits suicide, you know, by not really doing anything for society, by only focusing on yourself, you know, you've remo- you're essentially removing yourself from society and you're essentially, you know, it's a soft version, a slow version of suicide, a slow version of killing yourself. Now, the other option, you know, there's three options, actually. The, the good option, I guess, is, you know, a man who are in this situation become like hyper uh, motivated to improve and get better and, you know, basically do everything they can to solve this problem. But I guess, yeah, I guess that's, that's, that's the solution. And I guess going, going to the suicide, uh, I guess the slow social suicide route, um, I would also kind of care put into this, you know, someone who just gives up on dating and someone who, you know, maybe, maybe they, you know, contribute to society, I guess, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, they work on their job, they work on their craft, but they don't want to, you know, they don't care about family anymore. They've kind of given up on all that. You know, they just, you know, they just do their little job and then they, you know, they, they, they care mostly about you know, themselves and their own career. They don't care about how they affect the larger community, you know. I, I would say that's that's another part of that, the slow suicide. So slow suicide, you know, hyper-improvement, that's number two. Number three, I think this this is something we're probably going to see a lot more of in the future, which is not good. But I think um, men who are faced with this, they might turn to violence, and they might turn to maybe 
on a, on a, on a psychoanalytic level. They want to destroy the society that they're in. They want to, you know, dismantle it and abolish it. And I think men like this, either, either, either society or maybe they just have a lot of rage and they want to channel that rage into something. And that's something, you know, oftentimes historically has been war. Like when you have a large population of sexless, familyless men, they're the perfect candidates to be, you know, the per- they're the perfect foot soldiers. They're the perfect people to enlist in your military to fight on grand campaigns. And, and I think that, you know, sometimes, like... I guess in the in the polygamous Muslim world, this has been, you know, you know, it hasn't been chaotic. Well, it's been kind of chaotically organized, but there's been an organizational element to it, you know, where it's not just, you know, the the, the large population of, of, you know, the non the people who lose out in the polygamy game there, they essentially become the foot soldiers and maybe the, the society at large can utilize that to make them be the foot soldiers of the society, right? But the other alternative is that these foot soldiers are not led by society and society no longer cares about them, no longer, you know, tries to pretend like they don't exist and like this problem doesn't exist. And if society doesn't channel these, you know, sexless, familyless men, then and, and if they get keep getting angrier and more frustrated and more, you know, pushed to the sides. And I think that these men will <laughs> eventually snap. And I feel like this is where maybe revolts happen. Maybe this is where, you know, revolutions occur and, you know, you have like mass violence. But I don't know. There's, there's, there's a lot of ways history could go. But if this trend continues, I feel like what you could see is a lot of men being more willing to throw their lives away for the sake of violence against society to overturn it. So, anyway. Share this with somebody who would get upset at it or share it with somebody who would find it interesting. And let's continue this discussion because I think that this is an important discussion to have and I don't think enough people are talking about this because China is going to have a population collapse. Japan has already had, had it and it's probably just going to get worse. Uh, the United States is going to have a population collapse. Uh, Europe will. Basically, basically everywhere in the world except for some parts of Africa is going to collapse and we might see a halving of the world population in the next hundred years, which is not good. And that'll lead to probably lead to war, probably lead to, you know, an extreme loss of productivity. It might lead to a loss of quality of life, maybe might lead to an increase in quality of life, but it could also lead to a huge loss in productivity and advancement and might stagnate human civilization for a while. So we need to talk about this. We need to figure out solutions. We need to figure out how to ensure that, you know, humanity weathers this storm as best as it can because i don't think there's a way to slow it or well there's there's probably a way to slow it but i don't think there's a way to to reverse it i think it's just going to have to play its course but 
you know, we got to figure out ways to, you know, put a Band-Aid on it to ensure it doesn't get as worse as it, as it can get. But anyway, share this conversation. Share this conversation. Do it. Do it. And you will... You will... You will make me smile.